Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions here from the studios of Grace FM. The number to dial 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text me at 720-336-0897, taking your calls and your questions. Uh, what What is it that the Lord has put on your mind and your heart for today? I'd love to talk about it. We'll open the scriptures together, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us and uh, grow us in our faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we want to give a shout out to everyone in the Hope FM radio network and a shout out to everyone on the Truth FM radio network. Uh, We are grateful to have you along and have you on board And what a joy, what a privilege, what an honor of what the Lord is doing in and through your life. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. While we're waiting for some calls, I want to remind you, yes, 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 we will be here tonight. We are open for in-person services uh, here at Calvary Church in Aurora. We'll be here at 7 o'clock. We're uh, finishing up the book of Daniel. Uh, Well, we got a couple weeks in Daniel. This will be the second to the last week in the book of Daniel. Uh, This is is a service where we pray together, we worship in song together, we study the Bible together, uh, and we uh, fellowship together the best that we can. Of course, there's a little few restrictions indoors, but once you get out of the building, uh, it it is on you what kind of restrictions you want to place on your... Uh, relationships with others. Yes, in the building, we are following the CDC guidelines. We're following almost all of the Colorado State guidelines, uh, Tri-County Health. I mean, if you think about it, we got so many people telling us what to do. We don't know what to do. Um, But we have a great team here that has made it as safe as possible. We've mitigated just about every risk that we can. We can't get rid of it all, uh, but we can mitigate it to the bare minimum. And so we clean, we have uh, we have social distancing, we have the mass requirement, but God is so good. God is so good and faithful to us. And the warfare is intense. Has it been, uh, maybe that's something we can talk about today. For me personally, the warfare has ramped up like never before. And so how have, if it's ramped up in your life, how have you handled it? What have you done? Uh, have you freaked out and we need to pray for you? Okay, that's fine. Have you seen something successful? Great, let's hear it. And let's pray and be encouraged. But whatever's on your mind, give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. 
I literally have been on the property since 7.30, and I was going to say I haven't eaten anything, but somebody brought us donuts for our staff meeting. So thank you. I don't. I never did really even ask who brought the donuts, but thank you. We had donuts with scriptures on them, and I ate one, and that's the only thing I've eaten today. Um, and maybe you've had a similar day, but isn't the Lord good? We can supernaturally be strengthened even if we haven't eaten. Uh, and I went from meeting to meeting to meeting, and literally I didn't even look at the clock at the last meeting I was in, and then finally we kind of wind, were winding down, and I looked up at the clock, and I'm like, what? Is it really 3.45? And days go by like that, huh? Isn't the Lord so good? You can do. You can just find that the Lord is faithful in every way. We'll be here at 7 o'clock tonight, Calvary Church. Go to our website, calvaryco.church is our website. Mariah down in Woodland Park. Welcome, Mariah. Hello. You're on the air. Oh, um, I had a question about uh, in Genesis, um, after uh, the Lord curses the snake, he says that there'll be enmity between uh, him and the woman. And then I'd heard that it was in relation to, um, uh, well, if you could just explain, when he says, uh, you will bruise his heel and he will bruise your head. Yeah, that's a powerful passage of Scripture that relates to the antagonism that you see uh, known as anti-Semitism today, where there will be a constant, continual attack upon the Jewish people, specifically uh, toward the seed, right? And, And so in verse 15, we have this enmity between you and the woman, and, and you might want to jot this down in the margin of your Bible, but verse 15 is the first prophecy found in the Bible coming to the, pointing to the coming Messiah, the Savior of the world. You could say in Genesis 3.15 that that verse sums up the rest of the Bible, and you see this continual struggle and battle to take out the seed, to take out the nation of Israel so that this, so that, that would eliminate, you know, the devil in his mind actually thinks he can stop the will of God. That's how prideful he is. And you see the enmity even between seeds that are intended to stop the coming of Messiah. You, you could say it's Satan's bloodthirsty desire to kill the coming Messiah by wiping out the Jewish race. So just consider a few things that you see along the way. You see Cain killing Abel, Pharaoh wanting all the male children of Israel killed. You see Haman launching a failed attempt to kill the Jews. You have Herod wanting babies in Jerusalem killed. You have people wanting to throw Jesus off a cliff. Uh, You have the storm on Galilee that almost shipwrecked the boat that Jesus was sleeping in. And then finally, the cross. Satan finally thinking, we did it. It's over. And not realizing the very teaching is of Jesus that the tomb would be empty. Okay, awesome. Isn't that powerful? Yeah, that's excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A lot more than just the two sentences. Thank you very much. You're welcome. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let me see my call screen here. We're going to go down to Frederick, or out to Frederick. Sally, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Um... My question is about 
a comment that pastors frequently make yes. when they say that God's will will never contradict Scripture. And every time I hear that, I think about cases like Abraham being told to kill his son and Hosea <laughs> being told to marry an unbeliever. So how does that jive? Well, you have some challenging—you definitely point out some challenging things that, from our perspective, we don't understand them. But let, let's start with God first. Like, like, when we start with you and me, then it becomes confusing, but let's start with God. When God commands something, that is both His Word and His will. And, and so anytime in His perfect—in uh, in the perfect uh, centrality and the 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 just I don't need, well, there's probably a theological word for his perfectness when God speaks forth his will he's never wrong and he never contradicts his word now we have some challenging scriptures for example with God having Hosea marry a prostitute um remember that that particular passage um doesn't reflect the New Testament concept yet, like God's progressively revealing his will in Scripture so that when God tells Hosea to do something as a, um, as a revelation of a greater truth to his people, um, when, when you obey God's will, then God is going to lead you in exactly where he wants to take you. He's never going to lead you into sin, right? He's not the author of sin. But it is challenging. What's challenging isn't so much that we see it uh, in opposition to some scriptures, what's challenging is this, why would God's will, like, uh, I, I guess, let's back up one, one thing before I say that. We are so used to things fitting into our logical thinking, and we, we usually uh, ascribe our logic to God. And, and so when we have... A situation like this, and it doesn't logically fit. Wait a minute, the Bible says not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What's he telling Hosea that for? We are challenged by saying, okay, God's will is doesn't contradict Scripture. You know, doesn't doesn't contradict His Word. Um, I, I think that's a more accurate statement. God's will doesn't contradict His Word, like He spoke it. So that's what He affirmed for for Hosea to do. Uh, he wanted Hosea to obey him in this area, even with, um, even with the, uh, the 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 one with Abraham is actually a little bit easier because the affirmation was simply for for him to obey him, because God knew in his foreknowledge that he wouldn't be killing his son. Right, so the call from him that was that's a little bit easier than the Hosea one uh, to marry a prostitute to to marry a foreign uh, someone in. That's foreign that Deuteronomy clearly says not to do. So what we have here is a mystery. We have a mystery of God's will because I know that when God, when we find ourselves in the presence of God and we have his understanding, like when we know what God knows, then we'll, we'll have a lot easier uh, time understanding why he asked Hosea to do this. I mean, we know the theological reason why, but but God, wait a minute. Later on in the New Testament, even in Deuteronomy before Hosea, you said don't marry foreign wives, um, and here you are telling him to marry a foreign wife. Um, and so God has a higher purpose in what He's telling Hosea. But why it 
um, why God would allow it um, apart from apart from the um, clear teachings in Deuteronomy is still a very good question. Um, so let me think this through. Let's talk out loud here. Um, as we approach these challenges, we want to make sure that we understand that Hosea was intended to marry a woman that would later become unfaithful to him, not necessarily one that's currently unfaithful to him. And, you know, you, you have two different, two different cases, but it's an unusual directive because even prostitution is forbidden by God. Um, and as he was married, it becomes a, we know it becomes a motto and a picture for the nation of Israel, but it remains a mystery. It's one of those things where God's ways are not my ways. And so even the clearest answer I give is still a little muddy because I'm not entirely sure what God was doing there other than what's revealed for us. Well, I was just, you know, I, I think if I was Hosea or Abraham, I would be doubting that I heard right. <laughs> well, you know, we do have the, and, and I think that's, that's part of, that's part of our, our rational, logical uh, culture that we're in, and, and we have the written word. And so because we have the written word, I think I would question too, quite frankly. I think I would question. I think that's why, that's why Hosea was a unique one-time commandment as a picture to the nation of Israel. That's why Abraham was a unique one-time commandment, although people have used it um, before, right? They've used it before to say, um, well, you know, I got the same command that Abraham did, and we all question it. Um, but I know, I know over time, as I've questioned things before the Lord, uh, I know that the, 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 at least what I, what I know, you know, the knowledge that I have is I haven't found God commanding me something that contradicts the scripture thus far in my life. And if you came to me and said, um, God spoke to me last night and told me to kill my son, I would not tell you to go and do what God told you to do. I would sit down with you and reason with you from the scriptures of why that's a bad idea, because you're not Abraham. So it just really comes down to being close enough to recognize his voice. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, you still, this, this, Hosea is the child, Abraham one's easier for me than Hosea. So Hosea has two strikes against him, a foreign woman and a prostitute. I'm pretty sure she was foreign. I'd have to look it up. Um... Basically, verse one, chapter two says, "Go take yourself a prostitute and have children of a prostitute." Um, uh, it doesn't necessarily say that she was a foreign woman. So the prostitution. So the idea could be she was, she didn't become a prostitute yet, and she will be, or she was. So you know, there's a little bit of wiggle room on that. But the reality of God saying, "I want you to marry this woman." Um, it is possible a woman of the covenant was a prostitute. She was just in sin. So that wouldn't necessarily contradict the scriptures. Right. Um, I'm going to look this up. You've got, um, you've got me thinking, uh, and I'll give you a recommendation. I haven't looked it up yet, but I'm going to look it up later in, in a book that I recommend called When Critics Ask. Uh, it's by Norman Geisler. 
And here, I'm talking to you about it. Why don't I just look it up? Let's see. I have I didn't come prepared because I walked in at the absolute last minute. So I didn't open any of my programs. And let me see what he says. Because one of the things I like about that Bible difficulty book is that not only does he give you a few answers, but he helps you think it through so you can answer other things in the... Um, Okay, here it is. So let's see what he has to say. You ready? Uh, this is Norman Geisler. He says, Some scholars have attempted to avoid the difficulty. Uh, so here's, a, here's this question. God commanded Hosea to take yourself a wife of harlotry, but in Exodus 20.14, adultery is a sin. And then later in the New Testament, sexual relations with a harlot is immoral. How could a holy God command Hosea to take harlot as a wife? Does that pretty much sum up part of your question? Sure does. Okay, so let's see what he says. Some scholars have attempted to avoid the difficulty by claiming this is an allegory. So that's one of the options. Um, I don't agree with that, so let's skip that. Taken literally, there is no real contradiction with any other scripture for several reasons. First of all, when God commanded Hosea to take Gomer, the daughter of Dibliam, to be his wife, Gomer may not have yet actually committed adultery. So that's one option. We talked about that. However, God knew what was in her heart, and he knew that she would ultimately be faithful to Hosea, and it's similar to the angel calling the Lord Gideon a mighty amount of valor before he actually fought a certain battle. So that's good, number one. So we covered that one. That's pretty good. He does it better than me, of course. Second, the passage does not condone harlotry. In fact, it is a strong condemnation of harlotry, both the physical and... um, both the physical... And where I'm sorry, I lost my place. And spiritual idolatry. The fact that the grave sin of idolatry is depicted as spiritual reveals God's. So he's not approving adultery. That's good. Number three, Hosea was commanded to marry a harlot, not to commit adultery with her. That makes sense. See how he, I love this guy. He's in heaven now. He's sorely <laughs> missed. Uh, fourth, the command in Leviticus to not marry a harlot was given to the Levitical priest, not to everyone. And then finally, the command in verse 16 is not to be joined to the harlot in committing adultery. So there you go. Okay. That was good. Thank you very much. Uh, Let me real quick, let's see what he says about Abraham. Uh, And we've got open lines. That's why I'm spending some time on this one, um, which is really good. Um, But uh, what chapter was he in? He was in, let's see if he even addresses it. How could... Okay, no, no, um, he doesn't address that one. So he doesn't address that one, but but again, it's the same principle that I was developing with Hosea in the sense that God had foreknowledge, knowing full well that he wouldn't murder him, um, but that God had a higher purpose in that command, and it was a test, not right. a temptation to sin. It was a test of developing faith. One more fast question. Okay, go ahead. What did your donut say? Ha, 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 ha. That's an interesting thing. So I actually picked a donut without a scripture. Because it was the old-fashioned buttermilk donuts, you know, Mm -hmm. the kind where you peel peel off a piece at a time? Oh, yeah. Uh, That one didn't have a scripture on it. But somebody, I need to find out, brought in two dozen donuts with scriptures all over them. But I actually picked one without one. Okay. Well, I never heard of donuts with scriptures on before, so that was 
That was pretty cool. I didn't find out if they did it at Dunkin' Donuts or that somebody bought them and put the scriptures on it. I didn't get the full story. I just went over and ate them. New way to eat God's Word. Yes, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. And so even as we're answering this, you know, you're, you're like, I'm, 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 I'm prolonging the conversation so I can think this through. And that's how I study. I just think, I, I think things through and then I look things up. And, and, and I, I, the reason I recommend, and by the way, open lines, 303-690-3000, wherever you might be, East Coast, West Coast, uh, here in Colorado, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Uh, or text me, 720-336-0897. When I'm studying things, um, I'm, I'm talking them through. Sometimes I'll even talk out loud. And the reason I like, I so appreciate when critics ask is exactly what he does. He lays out for you the options so that you can process them. He doesn't immediately give you a two-sentence two answer, but he helps you think through the the passage and the question itself so that, and, and the thing that I remember, the first thing I ever learned from Geisler on Bible difficulties from this book, it, it stuck with me, where in some of the, one of the Gospels, it talks about Jesus being with a blind man and two people, and another Gospel is just the blind man, and so the contradiction, um, supposed contradiction comes in is, see, one Gospel says one, and one Gospel says two. Contradiction. And somewhere in When Critics Ask, uh, Geisler writes with his co-author, he says, look, that's not, a, that's not a contradiction at all, because wherever there are two, there is always one. And it really helps me start thinking like, yes, it didn't say only one, it just said one. So one gospel writer emphasizes one aspect of that situation. Another gospel writer emphasizes a different aspect of the same exact situation. And there is an exclusivity of language there. There is instead two perspectives that do not contradict but complement one another. And I'll never forget, it's one of the first things that just, it, it turned a light bulb in my mind of how to see different passages. So I thought that was cool. So great book. It's not in print anymore. Uh, you might be able to get it on Amazon. I mean, you can get it used for sure. I'm not sure if it's in Kindle version, but it's an absolute. And, and I, back in the day, I don't do it so much anymore, but back in the day, I'd just read it. That would be my devos. I would just read Bible contradictions because I wanted to be equipped, uh, and I would just read it for my devos every morning. It was really good. All right, here's a text question. What are your thoughts on in vitro fertilization? Is it going against God's will? Um, I support uh, medical science that does not go over the line when it comes to what the Bible has to say. And so I think in vitro vitro fertilization is a great invention that God has allowed man and women to come up with. I think it's it's wonderful. It's very expensive, uh, and so you have to consider that. But I do think it has crossed the line recently, and that is any in in vitro fertilization that kills a fertilized egg, a baby, uh, is not something I can support. Neither can I support it biblically. Um, and so you, you've got to talk to your doctors about that. But praise God that babies have been born uh, through in vitro fertilization. I just know that I believe, I have, I'm firmly convinced from the scriptures that um, life begins at conception. And that would be, that would be 
in you know whatever terms a fertilized egg and i wouldn't want a fertilized egg destroyed for the sake artificially destroyed uh, for the sake of of having a baby um, and i wouldn't personally be able to do that 303-690-3000 is the number we are let's see here we're going to move over to katie in denver colorado katie welcome to the program hi Hi. thank you for taking my call you're welcome um i have a prayer request for um a friend her name is roxanne okay and um about a year and a half ago she um had got breast cancer and um they did a lumpectomy removed it all and she didn't have to have treatment um about two months ago it came back and she's going through chemo and um you know, it's just really hard for her, I'm sure. And so um, I'm not really sure how to start a conversation with her because she's not a Christian. Um, I mean, we're just, um, she's like one of my, she's a relative's um, neighbor. Okay. So I don't see her all the time. But, um, yeah, i just not really sure how to how to reach out to her. Well, we definitely can pray for her. And I know that God will hear prayers. Cancer is such a scary thing, and uh, especially when it comes back. But God is faithful, and 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 so in in terms of any connection, are you able to get an email address, or a, are you? Do you think you could look down that um, search down? Because uh, an email is kind of less intrusive than a phone call, and maybe just say, "Hey, I I know a neighbor," you know, because if somebody, I always like. People will call in a very similar way. People will call the church and say, uh, "Ed, will you call somebody?" And I say, "No, not really, not without their permission." You know, you think that you because you respect me and and um, you you have a uh, you, you connect with me uh, spiritually. You think if I call them, I'll convince them. But usually, if I call unannounced, they're just super mad at me and mad at you. Um, but okay. if you get their permission, mm-hmm. that almost always breaks down barriers and. And so if you can somehow get their email address with permission, and I, mm-hmm. and I would say just reach out and be yourself, if you can get that, that would be cool. Okay. Um, and, okay. and just tell your neighbor, hey, I, this is such a burden. I would love to help. I would just love to, to talk to your friend, uh, be there for them, maybe go to the hospital with them, something that, that the Lord leads you in your own personality. And if would you please ask them if they'd share their email address? Because again, it's, it's not intrusive. Uh, they can read it whenever they want. They can respond whenever they want. And then once you shoot out a note, because pretty much she would, you know, I, I know it sounds weird and awkward, but it won't be weird and awkward unless we ask. Right. I mean, I have talked to her like... Um like about I she moved there about four years ago okay. and um uh we we started talking right away when she first moved in and I was um staying there um across the street um uh, at my son's because I was babysitting for like a couple years I was their nanny and um so we used to talk quite a bit and then over the last uh year and a half or so you know I haven't seen much of her so okay. um is I kind of have to reconnect a yeah. little bit, and 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 I think you you sense I sense in your voice, and the reason you're calling too is you sense an urgency, and you know a, a diagnosis like that certainly would also bring yeah. on. Yeah, 
she didn't she didn't look very well to me. You know, when I saw her, she's a little bit, you know, uh, swollen in her hands, and she she, she lost her hair. It just she just looked yeah. really different. So I think it's okay if you, because your personality, I mean, just talking to you, it sounds like you would be well-received just just to go ahead and open up the avenue. You know, I know you're very sick. Have you considered the claims of Jesus? Have you, cons- like, however you, whatever you sense, and just to leave it open-ended, um, you know, and even if she says, I hate religion, I don't, and, and you you can find, like, like just really being ready for it. It's, I hate religion. All you religious types, that's all you want to talk about is Jesus. And, you know, a response to that could be something along the lines of, you know, I hate religion too, and, and sharing a bridge. So let me hold the thought. I'm going to bring you over to the second half of the program. So if you can wait just a couple minutes, we'll come back on the other side, okay? Okay. All right. This is uh, Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and questions. Lines are open. Take advantage of them. I'd love to talk to you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live, taking your calls and your questions. We had a great uh, discussion started right before the break, so let us go right back there so we can pick up uh, where we left off. Let me go back. It was Katie in Denver. Katie, welcome back. Hi, yes. And and so we were just talking about uh, reaching someone that isn't a believer, uh, cancer's returned. Uh, we had a previous rela- uh, connection with them before, but want to rekindle that connection. And, and because there's an urgency, I think it's okay for you to match that urgency being led by the Spirit um, so that um, the reality of life and death is definitely on her mind. And, you know, I wouldn't go in guns blazing, um, if you will. I would, I would build upon our previous relationship. I would uh, establish the, um, the connection. You know, she probably already knows you're a believer, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know, I've never. I was like when we would talk, we would mostly talk about like her, you know, her work or what they were doing on their house or our kids, you know. And I was trying to sell my house at the time, different things like that. We didn't, we never talked about about God or um, church or anything. So here's Um, a here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity if you're open to it. reconnecting with her, uh, maybe going out for coffee or something and, and, and starting out, you know, I really enjoyed you as a neighbor. We enjoyed our conversations about the house and everything and really appreciating all of that. But I want to apologize to you. Would you, and and go for what? You're such a great neighbor. You know, I, I have a relationship with Jesus that we never really talked about. And you came back to mind and I really believe God wants me to talk to you about him. Okay. And that opens up uh, a tremendous door. She could say so, and you, and it leaves you with opportunity to go either way. She can say, "No, I really don't want to talk about God. I don't. I hate God, and I'm mad." You know. And you could say, "You know what? If I was in your shoes, I'd be mad about. I'd be mad with God too. I think." Or you know, don't make anything up. Be real. I'm just thinking outside of like trying to connect. And the Holy Spirit would would definitely lead you in this, but allowing her to vent or allowing her to express or allowing her to be afraid or allowing her without so 
quickly thinking she's shutting you down, but rather she's, because ultimately, if that's the last time you talk to her, she needs the gospel. And you don't want to be in her face. Like I said, I'm, I wouldn't go in guns blazing, but I would, if she would go to coffee with me, then she's already saying, um, I invite you into my life. So now with that invitation, I'm asking the Lord, well, Lord, would you take my conversation to the cross? You know, would you, would you please help me? And going in humble, you know, like that and just saying, and, and really being apologetic. I, all those times we talked and all those times we enjoyed each other, I, I never really talked to you about God. And you know, that's why God put me on the earth. He put me on the earth to make sure people know about his love because he's often misunderstood. You know, a lot of people going through cancer misunderstand God's love because it's so scary. You know, any you could take it in, so, in just your personality in so many different ways that value her, love her, uh, express your care and concern for her even more than reaching out to her again, and then coming alongside of her. And even if she doesn't want to say, I don't want to, well, would you, can I just please pray, you know, as you guys are done talking, because you don't have to end the conversation there. You know, you can say, okay, I respect that. Um, so how are what you feeling? If she, what, if she says, what if she says something like, um, oh, I know all about that because, you know, I, I go to Mass on Easter. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Well, it, it depends yeah, on the conversation. Like, so there's really no stock answer. But if somebody was to tell me that, I would say, well, talk to me about your relationship with God. Um, I, I never that. knew that about you. Um, how, how do you how do you express your appreciation of God and let her talk and listen to see what reflects a real relationship with God and and maybe if you were like I'm not a Catholic so I would say you know my wife and her mom were my wife and her family were Catholics and and um, you know my wife was a Catholic I'd use that emphasize you know my wife Marie she was a Catholic and mm -hmm. she was going through all those motions until somebody told her about the finished work of Jesus on the cross like like anything can be used to take her to the cross. And, and if, if somebody, again, th th these are hypotheticals, right? But the whole idea is to get her talking and to get her trust. Let, let her know you're, you're not there to convert her. You're there because you sincerely care for her. You don't just care about the gospel, although that's important to you. You care about her hurt and her pain. You would, you know, it's hard to say, but you would even care about her being lied to in the Catholic church. I mean, that wouldn't be my, I wouldn't start with that. But if I sense you trust me, I, I often say this. I would say this um, uh, as in our conversation. We're just having conversation, and God sparks something in me. And I'm sure people can attest to this that I've done in their life. Um, I'd say, yeah, you know, you know, Katie, that that's really interesting. You know, is it okay if I say something really hard to you right now, or is it okay to say something that you may not like? And almost always people, it's just kind of letting them, I do want permission, and almost always people do give me permission, but I'm also letting them know what I'm about to say to you might hurt you. But I don't mean to hurt you. That's why I'm asking you for permission. Like, mm -hmm. what I'm about to share with you, um, and maybe with, with Roman Catholicism, you might say, I'm sure you've been a very loyal Catholic the way that you have been raised, but, but can I share something really difficult with you right now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Is it okay. possible that you've gone your whole life and you've been taught wrong? <laughs> yeah. And then, okay. and, and she goes, yeah, maybe. And, and I say, as, as good as, as, as many things as I agree with the Catholic Church, like Jesus died on the cross for your sins, the one thing I don't agree with is where Jesus said you have to be born again. 
you know, when the Catholic Church says something different than what Jesus says, I choose Jesus every time. And he didn't say a church would save you. He didn't say a religion would save you. He said that you must be born again. You know, when when this first happened, like I said, a year and a half ago or so, um, I tried to, like, start a conversation that way, you know, about it, because she had cancer, and she, she right away was um, more like, um, oh, this is very minor. It was, you know, they... they um, it was encapsulated. It was, they got it all. I don't need to have treatment. I'm going to be fine. And, you know, I can just go back to my life the way it is. And, um, and, and it just the way it came across was, um, I think she was thinking I was getting ready just to start talking to her about the Lord. And she cut me off right away with that. Yes. And so now, I know maybe now she might be thinking more, you know, along the lines of, you know, maybe I might die, you know. Yes. Um, maybe I better have things right. But um, in, when when a person is in a in a large family, she's you yeah. know in a large family, yes. and and they are always having parties and get-togethers you and bet. whatever all the time, and um, it's really hard to. When your whole family is Catholic or yes. that kind of a thing, you know, then you're going against what all they. What yeah, you're they, you lose your community. Yeah, you lose your community, yeah. and and it's almost like uh, you. I know the response that Marie received was, "It's like you're turning your back on your family," and and we had to work through that, and we had they they watched us, and they still invited us, and. And, you know, we're still part of the family, but, it, you know, people were skeptical, thought we were part of a cult, and what did I do their daughter, what did I do their sister? Um, but over time, you know, we have a, uh, we have a, Marie's mom is now born again, and we have a, a great relationship with her brothers, even though they haven't uh, come to know Jesus yet. Uh, it's not, it's, it's not, not because of, of us. <laughs> and, and with this, so as you're here, as I'm hearing you, I really do think that if God enables you to reconnect, that you can take the soft approach. If that doesn't work, then I, I hear in you, because you've tried before, and you kind of said, I hear in you, this may be the last time she wants to talk to you, that you just give it to her before you leave. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can try, I, I think, I'm always for the soft approach, and and let the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and just kind of come alongside and the Holy Spirit using you and the longer. And as you do that, and, and again, you're going to talk about life. You're going to talk. It's going to be a conversation. But before you go, it's okay to say, I, I appreciate, man. I, I love you. I'm here to serve you, whatever you need. Uh, but, but I want you to know this. And I know you don't want to hear it, but please hear me out. And they're just like, God so loved the world. The one true God who created you and created all created you in his image loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And there's just a God in the heaven that loves you, Roxanne, and and I care for you. And your cancer scares me, and it probably scares you too. But it's not the worst thing that can happen to you and me in life. The worst thing that can happen to you and me in life is that we die separate from God. Well, I don't want to hear it. You hear you. Well, I just, thank you for giving me the chance to talk to you and tell you. Um, and I love you. And uh, I love you. It's 
I don't love you because of the decision you make or don't make. I just love you. And thanks for listening to me. And she might flip out. She might, but you get it across and, and you can sleep at night because some people plant, some people water, but God gives the increase. Maybe I should ask for prayer that I would be more bold and, and, and able to, um, to speak. I, I just like, I get all tongue twisted and I can't speak. Well, I'll tell you what, you are 95% of the way there. You know why? Because you love this woman mm-hmm. and love will make a way with all your mixed up words and lack of boldness. You would, mm-hmm. however it comes out, not only will God use it, but it will come, it will come to her sincere, caring. Uh, cause I get that in the phone conversation with you and I remember what the Bible says. The Bible says that the, uh, the encouragement to the disciples were when you're brought before magistrates and they start accusing you of things, don't worry about what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit will give it to you in that moment. And the good news is, and I'm going to pray for this, boldness and clarity, I agree with you, but here's the good news. Whatever God gives you, the Bible promises that you will get it when you need it. And so all you need to do is be there and God will use you. Okay. So, Father, I pray for Katie, and thank you for her care and concern for Roxanne. And, and of course, we pray for Roxanne. We pray for healing in her cancer. And we pray, God, that she, you would even begin preparing her right now. We lift her up to you and pre- begin preparing her for this reconnection. And, and, and just maybe give her a dream, Lord, or give, let, let somebody else give, have already planted a seed so that Katie is just watering it. But as you give her boldness and clarity and as you give her you know, courage to reach out, I look forward to a phone conversation in the future, near future. <clears throat> I, I hope uh, cancer is healed. Um, I hope that gospel is shared, and I hope salvation is is entered into through this um, through this precious woman's heart who loves her neighbor. And I pray that more and more will, of us will follow in her footsteps. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, call us back. I want to know how it goes. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, we do a lot of things that we never thought we could do. And, you know, we're, we're sort of treat, um, we don't do it on purpose. not like we're sent for or anything, but our mindset is we sort of treat like God's going to give us everything and then we're going to go do something. But the, but the reality is, is that God's grace is sufficient and he's going to meet us when we get there. He doesn't necessarily, we kind of treat sometimes situations like a bank account. And when we feel like we have enough savings, then we'll go do something. And that, that's a normal, it doesn't necessarily have to be sinful. It can be sometimes, but not necessarily. But what really God does is we, we, we live on daily sufficient grace. Like we live on the daily dose of grace. We live like on the daily provision of grace. So whatever we need in the moment, he gives us. I mean, I think of it on the show. I'm thinking of that Hosea question. Never heard it before. I mean, it's not like I, like for some reason, maybe it's, I didn't, I just came right in to do the show. Like, like when I got in here, the music was already on and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not mentally, but as I was talking, we're talking it through, things came to mind. God met me here. Even if it sounded like, well, I don't think this guy knows what he's talking about. You know what? Here's the secret. You ready? I don't always know what I'm talking about. God has to meet me here. Yeah, I, I'm not relying on my notes. 
and I'm not relying on my studying. That's why I love the show. Uh, I I can't prepare because even as uh, as Kevin was praying before the show, our producer, he's like, "Let us have a good show." We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know who's going to call. And I love that. It makes me depend upon the Lord. As I am talking, I'm also praying at the same time. So I'm excited, Katie. You're going to do just fine because you're already doing just fine because most of the hard work is already done. You're in Christ responding to his prompting. It's all up to him. Just do what he says to do. It's all. The results are up to him. So, so good. 303 690 3,000 is the number. Where are we? So we went from Katie, and next is Sheila. We're going out to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, I just wanted a prayer for Travis at my work. Okay. Um, we just had a interesting conversation. Um, he basically told me that he doesn't believe in God, that he believes that we just um, go back to dust. Okay. Well, I said to him, I said, well, there you go. Um, we were built out of dust. So. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> so he's like, oh, okay. So um, I, he, he, he says that he was brought up. Pentecostal. Yes. So I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just a Christian. So like, I mean, I was brought up Methodist. I was uh, submerged Baptist. I was married in the Presbyterian Church. Um, so, you know, I just, and now I, now I like to go to a non-denominational. Okay type of church sure. but, um anyway um okay well let me pray for you and uh if you want to email me uh i will send you a link for a great introductory book on how to share the gospel and as a matter of fact if you tune in live to grace fm tonight the topic of my message is evangelism in the last days and uh, we've been doing this series on the last days and it's it's not a thorough message on how to share the gospel, but it is it is a message intended to encourage us to do exactly what you're doing, what Katie's doing. Because when you say that you're just a Christian, that's all that's required for you to share the gospel. God is going to use you. And I, I, I want to equip you because there's some tools. And even what you did today as you engaged him in conversation uh, is opportunity to, to pick up that conversation and talk about with him in the future what um what it means to follow christ you know what it means to um be encouraged and so if you're on the east coast because uh, you're listening right now um and you're listening to me even though you heard a last week's show you're listening to me today tonight uh when you sheila tonight at nine o'clock you can connect with us or listen to it on our app so let me pray for you okay Father, I pray for Sheila. What a great prayer request. Like, and, and as she sees open doors, Lord, and just talks with Travis, we pray for Travis as well. Lord, we pray for his salvation. Thank you for putting Sheila into his life. Uh, and, and even her calling and asking for help and just walking in your spirit. 
enjoying your spirit, Lord. I pray that you would equip her and help her, even if she just shared what you did in her life, a testimony of how the gospel works, that you would use the seeds in uh, that come through Sheila, sharing with them the love and grace of you, that you would send someone to water those seeds, or even Sheila, send her back, open a door so that she can water those seeds that you might give the increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What, um, what is your email? Send it to ed, ed, at edtaylor.org, O-R-G. It has to be .org, because Santa Claus owns .com, so it has to be edtaylor.org. Did you, did, did you hear that before, Sheila? Ed, I met a guy, I mean, I saw a guy because I was trying to buy the website, edtaylor.com, uh, and I found out that a professional Santa Claus named Ed Taylor owns that domain. <laughs> okay. So people would do, go to the website and go, man, Ed, I don't think that's you. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it isn't. It's Santa Claus. And, uh, oh my so let me give you a quick story. Uh, uh, while, while I was traveling, I just set up this new email address and I forgot to emphasize that it was .org and I forgot to make a big deal about it. And so on that first church I visited, um, quite a few people emailed the Santa Claus by accident and oh, yeah. instead of .org. And so I got an email from Ed Taylor the Santa Claus saying, hey, uh, it looks like you might have an email address that's similar to mine. And, uh, you know, they're asking for things. And, you know, he sent me their information. And, and, and he said, um, by the way, you know, I think the topic was forgiveness. And he said, can you send that to me too? And, and so I responded to Santa Claus and I sent Santa Claus all that information on forgiveness and the gospel. So who knows? Santa Claus might be saved Amen. by now. <laughs> that's true story. True story. Awesome. So call back and let us know how it goes, Sheila, okay? Maybe you should email him and uh, say, hey, how, how's, how's that forgiveness going? Yes. I'll do that. I'll do that today after the show. Uh, I, have, he hasn't, he, I have followed up a couple times, but he hasn't got back. But because you recommended it, I'll do it as soon as the show's over. Well, I, I love you. And, uh, um, and, I, and I told Travis that I loved him. Good. And that I... And that, and then I want him to one day be able to uh, know that the Lord loves him too. Good. And he said, well, I love you too. <laughs> and that, you so, know what? In a world like today, that is a very rare thing. So don't minimize, don't underestimate, I should say, the power of God's love through you. Right. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been quite, quite interesting who we've been able to reach um, through this pandemic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thanking the Lord for the people that I've been able to have a good conversation yes. about. So, and I, yeah. I think you hit it on the head, you know, the not only the pandemic, but like we are living in the end times, and the end times should be stretching us in areas of evangelism. That's my whole point in the Bible study tonight. Like the end times, we could get caught up in a lot of things politically. We can get caught up in opinions. We can say, oh, what's happening to the United States? Oh, what's happening to the world? We, why are they doing this? This is not real. Everybody's getting caught up in things that aren't eternal. But when you choose to get caught up in things that are, that are eternal, like the gospel, that little statement where you told a coworker of all people, not your relatives, not your family, a coworker, 
that you love them with the love of God. That that is no small thing. That was an eternal decision. You could have talked about the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know why you'd talk about them, but you could. You could talk about the Sixers. Yeah, you could talk about a lot of things there in Pennsylvania that aren't eternal. But when you tell your coworker that I love you in Jesus' name and I want to see you in heaven or whatever, I want you to know God's whatever you that's eternal. And that's something to get caught up in. Good stuff. Thanks for calling. 303-690-3000. I think we are going to Susanna in Pennsylvania. Susanna, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, I have a a question um, about what you think um, about consulting prophets to seek the will of God for my life. And and I'll let you know why I asked that question. Okay. I don't believe prophets exist today like they do in the Bible. So I don't believe consulting a prophet is going to profit you. No pun intended. (laughs) I don't. If somebody's presenting themselves as a prophet to you uh, and they need to have that title, uh, I don't believe we have prophets today in the Old Testament sense. Um, That's been replaced by the Word of God and the manifestation of the Spirit in the gift of prophecy. And so Mm -hmm. I would... I would not, and and I if that's if you're in, you know, because there's a whole segment of the church that's elevating these titles and positions so that they have some kind of authority over you. But you are a daughter of the King. You are, um, you are royalty. You are a priest in the household. Like you are, you have just as much authority biblically than I do as a human being, and. If I was to give you bad advice, just because I'm a pastor, you should not listen to it. And Yeah, the reason I asked that question, um, I mean, I'm sorry, I originally had a, a question That's okay. Go ahead. about the veil but uh-huh. before I called, but then I think this, that question was very important because um, I can explain that my parents are from a Slavic background. Okay. Um, and they're, they're also from like a legalistic point of view. Okay. They see things that way. And um, when I met my husband and I fell in love with my husband, he was also like a big influence to me um, about the gospel and in spiritual things. Like I felt that from a different point of view, I was very encouraged um, because I was in the uh, also like the Slavic um, beliefs. And yes. Um, so when I was, I wanted to get married to him, like I asked my parents to pray and stuff and, and their first thing to do was to consult a prophet and ask the will of God for me. Okay. Like to see, they want, they say they wanted to confirm, um, to see what God would say. But later I understood that probably was not the right path to take, um, to do that. But now I'm happy with my husband. Like I'm, um, I didn't take their advice. I didn't. I don't think I. I didn't believe that what they were doing was right. Yes. But I just uh, wanted to see what you would say, like on your point of view on that, um, because I came to a new church, okay. a church that preaches the truth, and I felt freedom yes. from that, from legalism, and from um, the things that I was taught before. So we have. Pressure. So we only have a couple minutes. So. Um, I would encourage you, if the, the answer isn't enough, call back tomorrow, because I know you had to wait. So I'll be on tomorrow, Lord willing, and you can call back tomorrow, okay? But the quick answer is, 
if if you didn't give me all the background, I would if if you were to say um, I wanted to get married, parents consulted a prophet. They said they they said uh, not to get married, and you know of course you're believers and everything, and you're already married. So I would say, did you marry him? And you would say yes. Then I would say that's the will of God. Yeah. And and then the other piece, which is the first part of your question, is. Um, it is it is good to seek counsel. It is good to have people give advice. It is good to respect our elders. It is good to respect the uh, people in in a church or pastors and leaders to to gain their advice as you're discerning whether you should get married to someone. But no person has absolute authority over you of who you can marry and who you can't marry. You make that decision between you and the Lord, and. No pastor, you know, we talk about a prophet over there, but in an evangelical church or a non-denominational church, sometimes pastors have that kind of authority, but we don't. We, pastors aren't the absolute authority, only God is. And as you seek God and seek counsel, ultimately it's your decision. You know, if it's not clear, if he was an unbeliever, then the answer is no. Not because a pastor said that, because the Bible says mm-hmm. that. But the reality that you married him and that you're enjoying marriage and that you guys love God and love Jesus together, that is the will of God. Yeah, thank you very much for your answer. It was very clear and encouraging. Call me tomorrow, if you will, at the same time, like early in the show. I'd like to talk about legalism with you. I'd like to help maybe even add to you being released from legalism. Would you do that? Yes, of course. Okay, call me back tomorrow. Hey, you hear it. We got five seconds. Come on back to the, come to the service tonight. Uh, calvarychurch.co we're talking evangelism in the book of Daniel God bless you see you tomorrow Lord willing you've been listening to Calvary Live tune in next time for prayer and God's word